no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Bit of quick trivia for you to start off the episode. What is the standard length of one half of a football match? 45 minutes. And it's episode 45 of the 40-yard switch. Welcome back. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, welcome back to the 40-yard switch, uh, as always. Uh, I'm Jasper Woody Woodson, and uh, alongside me is my ever-dependable Host who puts up with my poor humour, <laughs> Wilbur will be uh, cool looks. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. What a what an achievement, 45. I know, right? That's, that's great. That's, yeah. that's great news. Rezik was saying last week on the episode that we didn't do anything to celebrate the 40th because, you know, the 40-yard switch. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, we were saving to the 50. And he's like, yeah, but the 40-yard switch. I'm like, yeah, you make a good point, but didn't cross our minds. Also, I think we were doing Zoom at that point too. So yeah. It would have been tricky. Didn't feel like celebrating. Yeah. You can't, I mean, you could have settled half centuries, I mean, celebrate uh, half centuries. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 40s, you know. It's kind of, it'd be a weird number to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. It's a shit call, Rezik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much, no, for, so much, for, coming, so much for coming for Wilbur's spot. <laughs> um, anyway. No, I, he, w- he was very good last week, though. He, w- he was good. He yeah. was good. Um, and I'm sure he'll be back in, in some degree at some point. Got look, he's got plenty of opinions, that's yeah. for sure. Um, all right, but what we... It's, it's a little bit... It's about a week delayed from being uh, somewhat relevant, uh, but uh, over the last two weeks, week and a half, uh, the international break saw 16 different teams, or nations, if you will, uh, qualify for the World Cup. And I'll just run through them now very quickly. We've got Iran, South Korea, Saudi Arabia... Japan, Ecuador, Uruguay, Canada, Ghana, Senegal, Portugal, Poland, Tunisia, Morocco, Cameroon, the United States of America, and Mexico. Uh, all right, it's a whole lot, a whole lot to take in there. Few, few little um, accents. Yeah, you know, <laughs> do my best. <laughs> um, nice touch. But yeah, there's three teams left, and uh, that. Of those three teams, the, the, the current situation is one of the spots uh, is New Zealand versus Costa Rica. The other spot is uh, the winner of Ukraine and Scotland will play off against Wales. And the third spot is the winner of Australia and the United Arab Emirates will play off against Peru. And that will make up the 32 teams. Um, so, yeah... Quite a few teams have missed out before we get on to the Australian side of things because we don't usually talk about Australian football. We're going to do this. We're going to this week. But yeah, teams that have missed out notably uh, Egypt, Colombia, Italy, Algeria, Norway, and Sweden. That's probably more, but those are the most notable ones that jump out at you from Europe and Africa. Um, yeah, the most notable one, obviously, Italy. Yeah, I mean, social media seem to absolutely love that. <laughs> I mean, um, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I I also did after after the heartbreak of the Euros. Um, but yeah, I suppose they they had you know the, the second bite against North Macedonia that they should that they should beat, and they just they just weren't good enough. So 
They've only got themselves to blame. So yeah. Suck egg sort of thing. And I'm not sure <laughs> if it's on record on any of these podcast episodes, but I've definitely said it to Wilbur in the past off air, and I'll say it again. Uh, Italy, in my opinion, were the biggest sort of stars aligning flash in the pan team. They The stars aligned and they played... I'm not going to say they didn't play good football. They played... They just... Everything came together for them to play a good tournament to win the Euros. But in, in, in the grand scheme of things, for the past, you know, five to eight years, they have not been a good football team. They missed the 2018 World Cup and they've missed this World Cup now. And honestly... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say it's not. It wasn't a fluke because they did play good football, but it was definitely like a a one off. The Euros. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose two things. Yeah, we've said it, but England lost that. England lost that final. Yeah. Um, like essentially handed to Italy, and and the other thing was that something that's definitely well documented on this podcast is that Jorginho is not that good, <laughs> and all that hype around him at the World Cup. I mean, it, it just goes to show a little bit. He's he's not close to the Ballon d'Or and never really should have been in that conversation. And like a microcosm of that was that you pointed out when we were watching the highlights of the North Macedonia-Italy game is he like, the ball, first off, the ball like bounces, like it, it isn't met by an Italy head and then it's let, it's allowed to just bounce and then land in the middle of three Italy players. Jorginho's one of them that just sort of watch it go straight past and then... The North Macedonia guy attacks it harder than anyone else. In some reason, Jorginho has put, got his hand up complaining for a handball rather than trying to stop the shot or put a tackle in. And then he runs through and good finish, take nothing away from it. it but it should finish. never have got to that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's kind of like a... You, you know, you, th- you think of like, you know, Hamid Rodriguez and Ozil as those kind of like luxury players. And that's fine when it's further up the pitch, but you can't have a luxury player in you know what would be like a six position yeah Yeah. um yeah you'll have to see it though when you know a a country or a team a country in this in this case just wants a little bit more yeah and it just works for them and a country that isn't even going to the world cup had nothing to really play for there yeah they they were just like we might as well knock these guys out yeah they did it was fucking. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, but sad to see on the on the flip side of it, Colombia not making it. We will have a special guest next week who we've been saying we'll have on for about three weeks, but it's not quite happened. But we will have him on next week. Uh, who a friend of the show, Fabian, who is Colombian, and uh, sad to see that they didn't make it in, especially with how well Luis Diaz is playing. I'm, I'm sure he would have tore it up. But yeah, just drew too many games. They didn't lose too many games in qualifying. They just drew too many games, and that was eventually their downfall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard qualifying out out of South America. Like it's it, it's a tough group, and and also, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll preface this by saying I don't know that much about Colombian football, but yeah. it does seem that Luis Diaz is the guy, and then after that, there's a bit of a gulf between the rest of, um, yeah, in terms of talent between uh, with the rest of the team. It's kind of like first off there was Falcao, a bit of a gulf. Then there was Hamas Rodriguez and a bit of a gulf, and now there's Luis Diaz and a bit of. They kind of just need that second guy. Yeah, or just a better all-round team to support their superstars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it just seems like, yeah. I do feel like, and this is something we'll touch on a lot more when we have an, a, a sort of somewhat of a Colombian expert next week. Is uh, I think Luis Diaz is um, possibly the best Colombian player in the last twenty years. I think he's. I think he's going to be better than Falcao. Yeah, I, I I definitely think he's got the he's got all the attributes. Like we've spoken about in the past, like it 
Falcao and James Rodriguez, um, maybe to a lesser extent, didn't seem to work in the Premier League because they just didn't seem to have that like tenacity. But he's got it, and he's yeah, he's got speed. He's got good finishing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's early to call. It, it is but. early to call. But uh, yes, he's uh, got all the attributes. For Colombia it. hasn't made it. Egypt hasn't made it. Uh, and so obviously no Mo Salah, but obviously you hope uh, both of those players, Diaz and Salah, will now be fired up for a fantastic run in to the end of the season as Liverpool go for the quadruple. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, we're on on the Egypt thing, all the lasers were just yeah. Uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I hate to see it, but yeah, I mean, African football is wild. <laughs> yeah, o- Omar said um, if if it had been in the Egyptian stadium, then you know, uh, Mane would have had all the lasers on his face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, sad to see uh, no Odegaard or Haaland as Norway. Um, it's just those two are just like so far above anywhere else anyone else in that Norway team it's 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 it's, it's quite something uh, but yeah I mean they're both above a lot of players yeah. <laughs> but like it's but just, yeah, yeah there's a, again a big golf in quality massive golf yeah uh, but yes moving on to now uh, a team we don't usually talk about as we're English Eng- English England fans but uh, we, we do live in Australia we are both half Australian uh, and Australia a team that has never been, you know, a world beater, but a team that since 2006 has been pretty consistently making World Cups. I think that I'm not sure if that, that I think they've made everyone except for the maybe the Brazil one, but I'm pretty sure they made that too. Oh, we've yeah, been at everyone. Been at everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um and they also they won the Asian Cup in 2015. Um, you know, put up a decent fight in the group stage in 2018, but since then, uh Australian football has really seemed to take a bit of a nosedive, um, which now leaves them as a result having to play off against the United Arab Emirates. And even if they win that, they didn't have to play off against Peru to get into the World Cup. So it's looking pretty bleak for Australia. Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't watch heaps of the qualifying <laughs> campaign. As, 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 you, as you mentioned, we don't follow that closely. But yeah, I watched the Japan game and... You know, I, I suppose you've got it like so much riding on that game. Um, you've got to win that, and then you've also got to beat Saudi Arabia in the next one. But it just they just didn't seem to have that much fight or that many ideas, and it could have been a lot worse. Like they they were probably worth two goals in the first half, Japan, um, and they scored another two very late. And th- this isn't this isn't an amazing Japan no, team. No, I was either. about to say this isn't a full strength Japan team, and it isn't even with with regards to Japanese teams throughout the years in the past fifteen years. Isn't even the best Japan team that they've fielded for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, Saudi Arabia finished finished first in in, in this side of the of, of the Asian qualifying. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's probably a couple of things leading. To, I mean, the talent pool doesn't seem that great, and I mean. It seems like Graham Arnold's probably been around for a little bit too long. But what, what what do you think it is? I don't. Yeah, I I was baffled when they reappointed him. Like it's like like while again I don't follow Australian football to a great degree, and some someone who'd be better to, good to talk about this would probably be someone like Josh Ring, who we've had on the show before. Yeah. But I feel like it. Like Graham Arnold's been the Australian coach before, and it's been tried and tested, and like sort of worked, not really. Yeah. So and then you've had more successful coaches come in and do a job, and then they've left, and you've been like, "Let's go back to grandma." <laughs> it's like, well, where's the logic there? And like you said, devoid of effort, but also devoid of ideas. And that was the 
main thing watching the Japan game and the main thing watching Australian games recently or at least whenever I catch highlights of the games is it just seems to they just it's just a lot of hit it and hope like yeah it it was a lot of that it was it was a lot of like long balls yeah like to no one there's no playing through the lines and it's not like Australian players like, like like they've got one or two quick players in Arzani or a couple of others but like there's no it's not like playing long balls to you know Salah, Mane and Luis Diaz like <laughs> They've got yeah. Uh, there's two players in the Japan game um, who looked quite decent and play at a decently high level in Europe. In Frustich. in Frustich yeah. and uh, Mabil, um, and like yeah, they, they they look good and they're like they're decent players. But you can't just you can't just hit the ball long to them and hope they're going to take on the whole Japan defense. It's just yeah. it's just not going to happen. And that was yeah, essentially what was happening for most of the game. And also just like. Yeah, it's like hit the long ball or try and play nice football on the ground and then just lose the ball because the quality isn't there to string more than five or six passes together through the middle. And that's that's alarming in itself. Yeah. And like one thing we touched on off air when Australia lost to Saudi Arabia after losing to Japan was the fact that Australia, when you think of the teams from, you know, 2006 World Cup, would be the peak of it. Then the 2015 Asian Cup also wrote, but like in that so in that sort of ten year period, like Australia's best players were playing in some of the best leagues in Europe. Like yeah. you've got if you think back to 2006, you've got Cahill at Everton, or I think he was at Everton by then, right? 2006, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would have just signed for Everton then. Uh, Lucas Neal in England, he's played for a number of English teams, including Everton, including West Ham, other teams. Uh, Viduka leads, Kuehl leads in Liverpool. Um, Emerson, Emerson, was it Blackburn? Blackburn. I think Craig Moore as well played for Blackburn. Or yeah. Someone like that. But like, but, but virtually the entire team had played in the top flight or championship or the the German league or you know. Bresciano, uh, Parma. Yeah, yeah. Or the Italian league. All the um, Italian league as well. And then you go to the uh, the Asian league, and, like the Asian Cup winning side, and they've still got a lot of teams in the Bundes, like players in the Bundesliga, players in like Aaron Moy in the in the Championship, or just about to be in the Premier League, and like, but these days, you now you look at the like the majority of the squad we looked at it, and there's like there's Rustic who's in the Bundesliga, fair play, and Mabil I think was in a good league as well. I think he's in uh, Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, again yeah, like even if Mobile's good, like the Belgian league, there's a couple of players that are in the Danish league. There was a couple of players that are in the Bundesliga two. There was like, like and then there's some A league players, some J league players, some Middle Eastern league players. It's just like the talent is no longer, and like that, you can't just be like, oh, they were once playing in good teams and now they're not. That's not really justification. But it's like, why are they not playing in the good leagues anymore? Why is Australia not producing players aside from Tom Rogic? Krustich, who was who was injured against Japan and Australia ever, uh, Tom yeah. Robinson, Hustich. There aren't really aren't too, that many play, Australian players playing in what you would consider good leagues. Yeah, um, is is there a Moy in China? Is, is that yeah, he's in China now. He's yeah. left Huddersfield to go to China. Yeah, I mean that's just yeah. I mean not necessarily disappointing, but yeah, he, the the game was calling out for him. Um, he might have been injured. So. Yeah, uh, he wasn't. He wasn't playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely there definitely seems to be an issue with with the talent pool. It's it's also hard comparing it. Like to be fair, it's hard comparing it to 2006. Like yeah. we haven't had that sort of um, talent, and probably golden, won't have golden that era yeah. for for a while yet. Um, 
But like, also, but yeah, but in other years, there's been one or two players here and there. Yeah, that, yeah. But also, like, and I, but then, but then it comes down to the fact, that like, when the team's isn't as good, you need a Ange Postecoglou or you know a Pim Van Marwijk or a Gus Hiddink to you know bring the best out of players who maybe aren't so good, more so Ange Postecoglou. And Graham Arnold, like you said, it's just like it, it doesn't seem like a natural. Like Graham Arnold, I mean, shouldn't probably be a coach in any situation. But you can understand Graham Arnold maybe being the coach if there was a lot of good talent there. It's like, you know, the talent's there, simple simple instructions, they do, they can do their thing. But like with a team that is less good, you need a coach with a lot of, you know, a yeah. lot of, I don't know. He needs to know how to play to, play to the strengths of, of his players. Yeah, if, and get yeah. them working as a unit. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that was the other thing. There was, I mean, like there was massive gaps between the midfield and the defense when they when they were, when they were defending. Everything just seemed a little bit all over the place, and yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I to be honest, like well, while there's still a hope for Australia to be, and it would be nice to see them in the World Cup. I, I, two separate, they got to win not one but two games to get in. I'm assuming the UAE, the UAE game is away, and then I would be surprised at the Peru games in Australia either. Looking pretty bleak. Yeah, I can I can see us, you know, having having a good crack against United Arab Emirates, but you know, we've just spoken about how, you know, tough South American qualifying is. Colombia missed out on the spot um, in the playoff with with players like Luis Diaz, so. It's it's a big ask, and especially if it's in South America, yeah, and especially with how Australia have been playing, like they haven't really shown anything, no, to show me or you or anyone that they'd win against either of these teams. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, you, you like you might think that the occasion sort of gets them up, but you know, the occasion was there against Japan in Sydney, like yeah, didn't get them up, but yeah, so we'll see how Australia goes. Um, but in the meantime, the groups for the World Cup have been announced, and uh, it's got us very excited, to put it to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah, they all look very nicely sort of balanced. Yeah, they really do. Um, so obviously, as mentioned, the there are three spots still left. So uh, we'll sort of go one group for one group explaining. So if you want to kick us off with Group A, and then I'll go B, you go C. Yeah, so in Group A, we've got the host nation, Qatar, uh, Ecuador, obviously, South South America, Senegal, and the Netherlands. That is a very interesting group. Obviously, Qatar are going to be super up for it. Senegal... Don't know how good Qatar are, but you never know. But they'll be very up for yeah. it. Like, um, yeah. And then Senegal, obviously, just won... Afcon. Afcon. Um, <laughs> Netherlands, like they're they're probably not the the team that they have been in previous World Cups, but they've got a lot of quality. I think players. they're starting to get better though. Like they've had a bit of a down period over the last six or seven years, but they're really starting to hit their stride again. Lots of lots of good young players coming through. Yeah, I mean we're like at, at during the Euros, um, Dan, Daniel Marlin playing really well. Dumfries, I th- I'm pretty sure Van Dyke will be will be in the side. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be in the side. Frankie yeah. De Jong. Um, yeah. Yeah, the uh, is looking. Bergwijn looked really good in a friendly against Denmark the other day. So. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, who, who do you see going through? Um, I mean, Netherlands and Senegal jumps out to me. Uh, Ecuador were a half decent team back when the Valencias were playing. Uh, haven't quite been the same since. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I would pick Senegal and Netherlands probably to go through. 
Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next group is Group B, which is uh, our boys, the England. Main event. <laughs> <laughs> the main event. The main event, yeah. England, uh, Iran, the USA, and then the winner of the European playoff, which is the winner of Ukraine and Scotland versus Wales. Uh, so the potential for a either England, Iran, USA, Scotland group or an England, Iran, USA, Wales group, which would be... I mean, even Ukraine making it with everything that's been going on in that country this year would be incredible. But um, yeah, very interesting group. I, I just side note, Wilbur knows this, but for listeners, uh, I was absolutely psyched when we drew USA because I can't wait to slap them. Maybe they touch wood, obviously, but like, oh, I want to give the stupid Yanks a hound. <laughs> You would, you, you would absolutely love to see it. Yeah, just love to see the look on Chris and Pulisic's dumb face when we beat him. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'd be great. And like you say, like it'd be a great story if Ukraine can get there and if you know England are playing either Scotland or Wales, that, that'll be a great spectacle as well. Um, Who would you like to see the most out of those three teams, though, that are still yet to make the World Cup? Scotland. Scotland? Scotland. I want to see Wales. Yeah. I reckon Wales, Wales play nice football in Scotland. True, I I I just like you know I kind of su- su- support Scotland as well. So, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, seeing Wales, you know, with probably Gareth Bale's last tournament, yeah, big international tournament, yeah, it'd be good to see. And he looks incredible. That goal he scored in the, in the playoff recently, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Um, so let's give three separate takes. Uh, how do you see the group finishing? Firstly, if Scot if Scotland progressed, then would the Ukraine and Wales? Oh, but so is it England progress? And then um, <laughs> I th- I think I think whoever qualifies will will, will go through. Will go through. Yeah. yeah Actually, unless unless it's Ukraine, unless it's Ukraine, you don't think Ukraine are as good. I think USA can can get can pip them. Didn't you, Ukraine did it right? No, actually, no, Sweden did. It wasn't Ukraine. Sweden did it. Can I sw- did Ukraine make it out of the group stage in the Euros? I think. I think they made no. They made the round of sixteen and they got beat by Italy. Yeah, I yeah. think. Oh no, someone. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I rate Ukraine. I don't know. Like Zinchenko, Malinovsky, like. Yeah. Yamalenko. I just don't rate the USA. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to say that. I don't rate the, no, I, mean, I, I dislike them anyway, but yeah. like, I mean, they're hard to like. Um, but <laughs> I just don't rate them either. Like, they, like, they, they, like, I'm not trying to discount Canada because Canada are a good team, but they didn't even finish top of CONCACAF. Um, and CONCACAF's not that strong a group outside of Mexico, USA, and Canada. The rest of the teams are pretty average. Yeah. Um, and, like, yes, they've got Pulisic, who's a good player. And they've got a couple other decent players, like Tyler Adams, who plays for Leipzig, and a few others. Uh, Josh Sargent, who plays for um, Norwich. Oh, but yeah, the, the red-headed guy. The red-headed guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I just... I don't I don't see it. Like, again, like you said, against Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales, I don't see it. But True, yeah. Th- th- there's not a heap of... Um... There's not a heap of talent, but yeah, I think you know they've got a few of those players who yeah. can you know take the game by the scruff of the neck against lesser opponents. I just th- I I think that the best player on uh, Scotland and Wales is better than Christian Pulisic, and he's probably slightly Pulisic is probably better than slightly than Zinchenko, but it's, it's not that. Yeah, like I reckon Ukraine has more players that are at a at a good level than USA. But yeah, for me, I'd have to say England obviously go through, uh, and then if yeah, 
the same, I'd say, any of the teams that qualify. Would go through. Would go through. Beautiful. All right, Group C. Uh, Argentina setting up the uh, the fairy tale story for uh, Leo Messi. Leo Messi, yeah. He's probably last... It's probably going to be Surely his last. He's 34. Yeah. Um, imagine he's playing at 38. Yeah, I know. Uh, Saudi Arabia, who finished top of um, Australia's Australia's qualifying sort of side of the Asian <laughs> qualifying. <laughs> Lol. Uh, Mexico, who finished equal top of CONCACAF, and Poland. Interesting. That is, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I, I feel, feel like it's Argentina than the best. Who's the best of the rest after that? Exactly. I think I think they'll all, you know, feel like they're in with a chance. Um, I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know many players from Saudi Arabia or or Mexico to be honest, but Poland might be the choice just because they've got Lewandowski. But in saying that, at the Euros, it didn't work out relying on him. Mexico, interestingly, in the 2018 World Cup, did knock out Germany with True. South Korea. They both went qualified and uh, Germany missed out. They're all, there's always something about them at big yeah. big tournaments, Mexico. They've got um, Herving Lozano, who's a really speedy winger. He's quite good. I think he plays in the Portuguese league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they've got Hector Herrera, who plays for Atletico Madrid, two players that I know about. They've got a few others, obviously, but those are the most notable ones that I know. Uh, Saudi Arabia, I've got no idea. I just remember at the World Cup, they had a couple of like, tricky wingers, but apart from that, I don't really know much about them. Um, I would probably say my, my backing would be Argentina and Mexico, just because, like, less Poland of Lewandowski, but like you said, didn't work out too well for them in the Euros and I think Poland's one of those teams that after their striker and their goalkeeper they drop away pretty quickly yeah and I think um, Mexico just always seem to have this like intensity about the way they play that always gives them a good crack against almost anyone yeah it seems to like historically work well at big tournaments I'm gonna make the call though yeah <laughs> Argentina and Saudi Arabia will go through Saudi Arabia yeah I mean I... obviously we'll come back to these predictions at some point before the world <laughs> it, it, it's it's like eight months before the World Cup starts but it's nothing like a bit of way, way too early predictions um, yeah. I just think I just think yeah like they'll be very up for it you know first World Cup in, in, in the Middle East you know, there's probably something in the fact that they're going to be more acclimatized to the the conditions. True. Even though all the all of the stadiums are air con. Yeah. God knows how much energy that will use up. <laughs> Wild. Anyway, yeah, group, global group warming. D. Anyway, um, Group D. We've got France, and then the uh, obviously, like we just talked about before, the winner of Australia, UAE, and the versus the winner of uh, versus Peru, uh, Denmark, and Tunisia. Uh, for me, I feel like this is clear France and Denmark going through yeah yeah, yeah. like Denmark is seriously good they showed that at the Euros last year um, they, they just Christian, like, er- Christian Eriksen is back and looking like he's almost back to his best yeah scary team it'll yeah it'll just be like like when they lost Christian Eriksen at the Euros like the this feeling around the team like they'll have that and then they'll also have Christian Eriksen yeah. <laughs> so like yeah I'm, I'm, yeah I actually like I think I backed them as a dark horse before the Euros I'm backing them as a dark horse before again for the World Cup as well yeah. I reckon they're, they're, they're like no one will put them in like their top sort of six or seven favourites to win the World Cup but like why not like they're such a, but it's like because the thing about Denmark is like they've got Christian Eriksen and they've got you know, um, 
you know, like the thing, they've got Christian Eriksen, but then the like the rest of their team is just so is at a good level all over the pitch. You got yeah. Mailer at right back, you got Poulsen and um, Dolberg up top, you have got yeah. uh, Delaney and Hoyberg in the midfield. Like they're just and Kasper Smyth, yeah. uh, Chris Christensen, like everywhere, they're just good and they're like they're no super standouts aside from Eriksen, but they're just solid everywhere. That winger, who that young twenty year old winger who was really good. I think Damsgore, I think. Yeah, Damsgore, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he scored that free kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hectic. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is pretty open and shut. Yeah, I'm going to pick Denmark to finish top of the group. Oh, really? Yeah, nah, I rate it. Fuck France. (laughs) Just make some calls. Um, Yeah, so Group E, we got Spain, the winner of New Zealand and Costa Rica, Germany and Japan. What do you think? I'd love to see the Kiwis get in there. Yeah, I would love to see the Kiwis get in there. <laughs> I don't really know if they them. will because Costa Rica are pretty good, but I, oh, I'd love to see the Kiwis get in there. That'd be awesome. This one, this one is a harder one to pick though in terms of who goes through. Yeah, like it depends. Like if Japan, like Japan, like even though they're not as good as they once were, like they're always a solid team. Like they're very well drilled. Um, they didn't. They haven't had Tommy Asu in the last qualifying because he was injured, but they will have him back. Um, but apart, aside from me, I don't actually know. Too, like Kagawa sort of faded into obscurity. Honda's Honda's retired or too old. Um, yeah, I didn't know many of their players. That yeah, were playing. Um, oh no, a couple of those Celtic boys. Oh uh, yeah, true. Yeah, they're quite good. Um, I've heard from Germany fan and former guest on the show Janik Hansen that uh, Germany are still not so hot. Even with Hansi Flickers at the at the helm now. Oh, true. Um, true. Yeah, I think. I mean, you look at it and and like this group, and you say Spain and Germany, but I think it'll be Spain is the clear cut one, and Germany, like you saw it at the Euros, they weren't they weren't that impressive. No. I feel like when you're at the World Cup, you know anything can happen against these kind of smaller teams who are just super hungry. Yeah, and they still don't really have a striker. Yeah. The one thing is Germany always play well as a team. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Part of me is like, it would, like, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if they did somehow slip up, but like, there's also a slightly larger part of me that says, I think Spain and Germany are going to go through. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a weaker Japan team and neither of New Zealand or Costa Rica pose that much of a threat yeah true <laughs> but imagine Chris Wood 90th minute and he's <laughs> against Germany to win the game oh huge things you love to see <laughs> uh, but yeah Spain and Germany yeah yeah uh, group F next we've got Belgium Canada Morocco and Croatia another tasty group uh, I really like this one in terms of, I think Belgium uh, they're at the sun is setting on their golden age of talent Eden Hazard's past his prime. Kevin De Bruyne is in his prime, but is 29. So the next World Cup, he'll be 33. You wonder how long he'll be good for. Um, and Romelu Lukaku is... I, I, yes, he's low on form, but he's still probably in his prime. Uh, but again, these players will probably be past their prime. Actually, no, Rom's 26. He'll be fine. Um, fuck, he's been around for ages. Yeah. But like, like I said, yeah, the, 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 the sun is setting on their golden age and this is the, probably the last best opportunity to have all their players at the right age to win a tournament like this so you, you'd hope they'd be up for it yeah I don't know just 
I think after they're showing it, you I don't have that b- bigger belief um, in in how well they're going to perform. I, f- I don't think Roberto Martinez has been very very good there. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean Eden Hazard seemed to be playing kind of all right in the first in the first couple of games or first maybe half game at the Euros, but I think he, did he hurt himself at the Euros? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a thing. Like his fitness, like he might be up for it, but yeah, his, yeah. his fitness will. will but yeah, two two third place place two third place places at the World Cup and now the Euros. It's kind of got to go one more. Yeah, it's got to go one better now, or else you feel like it's not going to happen. Yeah, and with the amount of talent throughout the tournament, not sure. But in terms of this group, I still see them going. Still see them winning the group. They're a very good team. Uh, but then after that, you got Canada, who just qualified easily at the top of the Concacaf group without Alfonso Davies for the last. Uh, two rounds of qualifying uh morocco hakim ziyech and others <laughs> uh and croatia historically uh just a solid team usually didn't do so well so well in the euros but they'll always bounce back yeah so It'd be modric's last modric's last big uh, international tournament as well so yeah. yeah i mean it's it, it is a bit hard to pick there canada are obviously going to be very up for it croatia have got that um, sort of maturity in Modric and Morocco. Hakim Ziyech has been playing really, really well for Chelsea recently. Yeah. So I don't know what his form's going to be like at the end of the year, but yeah, it'll be it'll be obviously one of those three. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be a hard fight between them. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, it's tough. I'm gonna go Canada. I reckon the new, the boys haven't been in the World Cup for ages. Like I reckon more than over ten years, maybe twenty years. Why not? It's their time. Yeah, the the social media content of Alf- Alfonso Davies sort of celebrating is pretty wholesome. So, yeah, I love yeah, it. Probably Canada too. Belgium and Canada, love it. Um, all right, what's next? Group G, we got Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. So obviously Brazil going to win this group. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the number one team in the world. Uh, they seem to be like hitting a stride yeah. at the moment. Did you see their crazy like squad depth chart thing the other day? No. Like they they could film. Of, of so film field field uh <laughs> two separate first 11s both of which you'd be like yeah like that's a team that could be in the world cup yeah like it's crazy yeah like it's it just action. yeah it seems like like richarlison seems to be playing very well when he's with brazil obviously neymar's still at an age where he can perform at a very high level Camino has been when he's been fit has been better this season jesus has been good gabby martinelli, martinelli is just like lifting Every game, Thiago Silva's still performing at a good level. Uh, like they've Marquinhos. got Marquinhos, they've got um, uh, Alexandro from Juventus at right back. They've still got Danny Alves killing it. They're pretty spoiled at keeper as well. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're gonna win that win the group. Uh, my pick would be Switzerland here, but don't count out Cameroon necessarily I feel like I, I don't know about Serbia I feel like they've got Mitrovic and that's about it yeah I'd, I'd probably go Switzerland here yeah they've got they've got some quality players and they, they knocked out France in the Euros for a reason they played oh, yeah, well what a game that yeah was. that was great that's so good um, so yeah Brazil and Switzerland seems like the logical choice here uh, and then finally another very spicy group um, Portugal Ghana Uruguay and South Korea I like South Korea here. I don't know. Something about it. 
I reckon, I reckon, I reckon Uruguay are as good as they used to be, and I don't know any, much about Ghana aside from the fact that Thomas Partey and Jordan Ayew play for them. Yeah, so, this oh, one's, and Daniel Amati. This but. one's got a very, very good um, narrative behind it as well in uh, Ghana versus Uruguay. Oh yeah, yeah twenty ten. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be an incredible game. I think. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I don't mind South Korea either. Hwangi Chan and Hung Min Son yeah. up top. Going to kill it. It's pretty, like, that's a pretty potent uh, strike force. But this one is just way too close. Yeah. Like, what? I, I honestly And Portugal, you can, ne- you can never trust them at in an international tournament. Uh, so, okay, they won 2016. But <laughs> aside from that, they're, they're very hot and cold. So, yeah, will, will the sort of, you know, Ronaldo effect... You know that we've seen Juventus and United suffer from take place with Portugal as well. Yes, or because like to be fair, he does he turn up for them time and time and time again. But eventually, as he gets older, this becomes more coming more and more of a common trend that he seems to hinder teams more than he helps them. Yeah, it's gonna be hot too. Yeah, it's gonna be very hot. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be gassed. But yeah, I mean, you you definitely can't count him out. And he will be almost 38. Or he might even be 38 by the time. I think, I think he will be. He yeah. will be 38. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I'm still going to pick Portugal to go through, though, uh, with South Korea. With uh, South uh, Korea. Um, there, there's potential my upset pick. I'm backing, I'm backing the boy. Yeah, I, I know Ghana had a pretty bad AFCON, but I'm going to say Portugal and Ghana. I just really hope they beat Uruguay, and I think if they beat Uruguay, I think it's that's the first and Luis th- their Suarez first game gets sent off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think if they win that game, then there'll be then there'll be a very good chance. All right. So obviously, it's way too early to make any proper predictions about the World Cup because but we've just made several. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the the teams are not finalized, not even the, all the teams aren't even in the tournament yet. Obviously, True. players injuries and form and umpteen reasons. But well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's winning the World Cup? England. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh moving to England now, back to what we love to talk about, the Premier League. Um the biggest game of the season is on Sunday. Yes, very very exciting. I mean, yeah, I feel like just so much has changed in the last 10 games that like City were kind of clear and now you've got one point gap and yeah, potentially title deciding match on, on Sunday. Yes. Who, do you, who have you got and why? So yeah, City, uh, Liverpool going to the Etihad to play City this weekend. Um, both teams, interesting, interestingly, because I thought Trent might be a doubt but then he played against Benfica during the week. Uh, both teams and should killed be, it. And killed it, yeah. <laughs> both teams should be fully fit. Both teams are in, like you just said, very good form. Won their Champions League ties midweek, uh, both pretty convincingly. Um, the one note I've got here is, I said, I asked a question, is there any way to split the two teams? I don't think there is. Like, they both match up, inc- like play, play very similar formations. They match up incredibly well. They're both fully fit. They're both in really good form. Like, is there uh, the only only the only thing that splits them is that Ruben Diaz is out? I just realised Ruben Diaz not, is not out. fully fit. Ruben Diaz is still out, so it'll be Laporte and Stones. But like, still a pretty still good, pretty good centre back pairing. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. Like when you see pundits talking about this, it's just kind of like yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like these it's guys. Said, I feel like said. those guys. Even yeah. well, the title race as well. Like it's just like completely up in the air. 
obviously City will feel like they've got the like, well they have the advantage but you know and they're playing at home but like I, I, we saw at the game at Anfield like playing at home meant nothing in that game like yeah it's not exactly a fortress either no. had, I think they've you know they've I mean they haven't lost that much but you know it hasn't been uncommon for them to lose yeah. when they do lose at the Etihad um, like Spurs went there and beat them there uh, not two three weeks ago so yeah. four, week, four weeks ago anyway yeah I mean it's it's very hard to pick I mean Ru- Ruben Diaz being out is is big because uh, Stones okay just not not as dependable as, as Ruben Diaz is um, and obviously Liverpool's front line is Extreme, extremely potent one thing we can speculate on is because both teams are so deep is what who what both coaches what lineup will both coaches pick or do we think should they pick would you pick Luis Diaz yeah he's in shit hot form right he's now. in shit hot form I would I, I, that's the thing like, this is controversial I would not start Sadio Mane I would start Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota, and Salah because I think those three are the most in form. I know Mane scored on the weekend, but it was basically put on a plate by Luis Diaz. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, you can't not play Salah. He's the best player in the world at the moment. Uh, one of the best players in the world at the moment. Um, Diogo, yeah, and Diogo Jota is scoring for goals for fun right now and Luis Diaz, like the same. Yeah, since he's joined Liverpool, he's scored the most um, headers. Jota. Out of anyone else in the Premier League. Oh, crazy. It's like 5 for 10. <laughs> it's wild, hey? Yeah, I'm, it's it's harsh on Mane, but, you know, yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, he's... When you've got... When you're spoiled that much yeah. in, uh, in, in, with your attackers, it's, it's it's difficult. And then with City, it's like, who do you leave out? Like, obviously, you think Sterling gets a go, yeah? I think I think Sterling, has, he's been playing well. Yeah. Also playing well for England. Foden... I think has to be in there. Foden came off the bench against uh, at the Dicom Madrid, just interestingly. Yeah, but he got he got the assist. He did play really well. Yeah. yeah. Then, but then, but then, if he if he plays, it means you leave Mares out, and he's been killing it. Yeah. I mean, who knows what what yeah. Pep's gonna do? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how 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 would, how would you set up as City? How about how about we'll we'll, we'll both. Pick we'll pick one team each. How we'd set up? Do you want to? You pick Liverpool and I'll pick City. Okay. Full 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 eleven. Full eleven. All right. I'll go. I'll go first. I'll go Edison in goal. Obviously, Carl Walker, Stones, Laporte, Cancelo, um, Rodri. Uh, Fernandinho is good, but I just Rodri's played the most. He's played more. Um, uh, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez, get them both in there. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't argue with it too much. I mean, th- but that's the thing. There's just, there's just so many options that. that and then you got Gab, Gab Jesus off the bench. You've got, I can't even Gundogan off the bench. Like, forget about it. I feel like Liverpool's team is potentially easier to 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 pick. Yeah. Apart from the front. The centre midfield is a bit like who do you pick? Yeah, there? that's what I was thinking. So yeah, it's 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 Matt Tippen and Van Dyke. Yeah. Trent and Robbo. Yeah. And then Fabinho. Yeah. And then Because Tiago's been playing really Yeah, well. well that's what I was I was thinking Tiago and and Hendo. Yeah. But I mean it's it's an interesting mix in there. But I don't really see who else you'd pick. Yeah. Like Cater's coming back from injury 
plus last plus but isn't as good as any of those three but then it's like like you said it's an interesting mix yeah and yeah Tiago has been playing incredibly well that ball um I think I think we were watching Watford yeah yeah just split the split the defense open um and then up front um yeah Jota Salah and Luis Diaz okay and I guess after all this we have to pick a result Shall I go first? You go first. Um, it's okay to say a draw. Three-one Liverpool. Three-one <laughs> Liverpool. Oh my god! Um, Going to make a call. Yeah. Um, my heart really wants me to. My, my heart and my head really want me to pick Liverpool, but ah, fuck it. Yeah, nah. Um, Two-one <laughs> Liverpool. I, I, I think like Jurgen Klopp came out today and said that he doesn't think this is going to decide the title obviously of course he's going to say that but I think this is where it, it like you know if City has one hand on it had one hand on it 10 weeks ago this is now where Liverpool's takes one hand on it if they win I think they win too well yeah I just I just think yeah like like we spoke about there's not much separating them, but I just get the feeling that Liverpool I don't it's know something un- unexplained. I think yeah. I think I think if if you had to explain it, you'd you'd, you'd chalk it up to Jurgen Klopp. I just think his his relationship with the players just seems a bit more, you know, he can, special. Like, yeah, you know extra what I mean? One percent. Yeah, yeah, it's like obviously Pep is just a ridiculously good technical coach, but Klopp seems a better man manager. And in these situations, that's probably what you. And also, if you think about it, like. Gabriel, like in terms of attacking and like in terms of midfield options, you'd probably take Gundogan over Milner or Cater to come off the bench. But in terms of attacking options, you got Sadio Mane or, De- or Gabriel Jesus to come on and change the game. I would back Mane more than I would Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so there you have it. There's our predictions for the biggest game of the season, and then and the next week we'll probably give our predictions for the replay of the biggest game of the season when they play each other in the FA Cup or maybe you know the Carabao Cup. One of the two. Yeah, um, Wait, uh, I think Carabao Cup's been... No. Oh, yeah, no, they won the Carabao Cup. Yeah, Carabao yeah. Cup's um, done, yeah. The yeah. FA Cup. The FA Cup, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then moving on to a big double game. Four days, five days. Basically, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, our time, Wednesday night, English time. And then Saturday afternoon, English time, Saturday night, Australian time. Everton has two huge games in the grand scheme of their relegation battle. Um, starting off with Wilbur. Burnley. <laughs> Burnley. Uh, Burnley. On um, yeah, Thursday morning our time, and it's it's Wednesday evening in the UK. I mean, I th- that is just a huge a huge game. It's it's very hard going to turf more for any team, but if you're Everton this season. Um, playing away is just difficult. Um, Full stop. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a very big sort of belief one, I think for us. And I think the the, the second game on uh, over the weekend on Saturday um, against United, I think the the result of the Burnley game has very big implications because if we win at Burnley, we can come to Goodison on the weekend and like the place will be rocking and. You know, United are pretty fractured at the moment. They're, yeah, yeah, and I, I know you lost against West Ham, but it was it seemed like it was a close game and, and half decent performance as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I think like it's it's a great free kick from Cresswell. Like things just aren't going our way, and I think that's what the the Burnley res- like. That's what we need from the Burnley result. We yeah. need something to go our way. The other thing, yeah, Cresswell, like worldy free kick. Um, Michael Keane got sent off. Oh, there you go. Um, but Is I think Allen's but Allen's back for the United game or for the Burnley game. For the Burnley game. Oh, so it was only a one game suspension. No, I think they've played a few. Anyway, I'm 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 not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. But I suppose we need him more for the United game anyway. So who are you playing at centre back then if Keane's gone? Godfrey, Godfrey, and who? I think it it will have to be Holgate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, like. But I mean, that's uh, the thing is, I'm not that worried about yeah, like. Who who we're playing at six or centre back against Burnley? To be honest. Yeah. It's about um, creating chances and taking them. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we can do that. Yeah. Anyway, it's the season is hanging in the balance. We've we've still got two games in hand um, and three points ahead of Watford in 18th, at the top of the drop zone. But yeah, something's got to change soon. Yeah, we can't keep on losing. No. <laughs> uh, predictions. Predictions. I think. I mean, I have to pick a win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it'll be narrow if yeah. we win 1-0. One 1-0 nil. One nil against Berlin, then against United? 2-1. I'm going 1-0 against Burnley. I'm going 2 all against United. I think, I, I think, I don't know about a win, but I reckon you guys can get a point there for sure. Yeah. Like you said, they're very fractured. There'll be goals in that game for sure. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it have to be, has to be a win. 1-0 is a good pick. I picked that as well. Um... Yeah, like it's, it's a must win. Like no other way, no other way to say yeah. about it. I feel very nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, uh, it is, it is nervous. And um, one more thing to touch on being nervous is uh, the top four race in terms of my team that I support, because uh, as everyone is probably well aware, uh, a couple couple mornings ago, we got slapped. There's no other way to say about it. We got slapped. Uh, the second half was much closer, but uh, the game was already kind of gone by halftime. Sat 3-0 by Crystal Palace. Um, I would say that game was more of our... Like Crystal Palace are a good side, and they did play well. I'm not taking anything away, but that game was more of our making than it was of theirs. We were very poor in the first half, completely off the pace. Um, but the biggest story coming out of that game, because uh, if we had a loss like that with our full team, uh, it would have been like, oh, I think that's a flash in the pan. We'll be back next week. But... Uh, Tommy Asu still out, didn't play, and for the first time you sort of started to see that Cedric, you know, is not as good as Tommy Asu. He's been serviceable up till now, but um, and he's not back until mid-April. It says he'll be returning to full training after Southampton, which is in a, like in a week or so. So he's still not going to be back till mid-April at least. Um, and then the biggest news is Kirantini is now out for the season as he requires surgery on his knee. And Nuno Tavares, I know he hasn't played a game since December, but he was well off the pace against Palace. And if we are missing, if we have games against Chelsea and United without both of our starting fullbacks, and also Thomas Partey went off injured uh, in the last five minutes uh, of that game as well, if he, if he misses any more game time, uh, my take here is, which I was going to say off air, I was going to tell you, I, I think top four is out of the question if 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 we don't have Kieran or Tommy Asu for the next almost a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we we spoke about how strong Arsenal's defense was when those guys are playing, and it yeah it looks considerably considerably worse without them. Yeah, but to be fair, what I will say is that I didn't want like top four was not the goal for me going. Yeah, into I was season. just thinking this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like I'm happy with the Europa League placing fifth or sixth. I'm happy with that. Like I did get a little bit excited maybe in a couple of episodes ago, being like I think we can finally do it. I think I did say that, but the whole time my opinion from the start of the season was didn't think we were going to finish in the Europa League spots. And I said, if we did finish in the Europa League spots, that's a success of a season. Do you think, yeah, like I 100% agree. I think we, we spoke about it at the start of the season. Like get, maybe getting Champions League isn't really what you guys need at it the It is moment. in terms of who we want to bring in up top at striker. True. But in terms of where we are as a team as a whole, I don't think it is yet, no. Yeah. That is a good point. That's Like in terms of bringing players in. If you want that Harlan Odegaard link up, yeah. but yeah, what? what um, oh, damn, it's gone out of my head. What was I going to say? It'll come to you. Awesome. <laughs> oh no! Um, but yeah, basically, while it would be nice to finish the Champions League football and potentially get a striker that's you know super good, um, maybe the best thing for us is just to consolidate what we have, bring in one or two more pieces. Um, and build again. He's got it. I've remembered it. <laughs> Do you think you need to buy a left back in in the next transfer window? I think Nuno Tavares deserves to be given more time. He's shown flashes this season that he, he like when he filled in for Kieran when he was injured earlier this season that he can he had a lot he had like four or five good games before he had that calamity game against Liverpool. I think he's he's got he's got, got it in to be a serviceable backup. But given Kiarantini's fitness, it does beg the question. Yeah. Um, because I don't think Nuno Tavares is close to being a starting left-back yet. Uh, it's a tough one. Because obviously Kiarantini is unbelievable as um, a starting left-back. But he's, yeah, he just can't keep his He just can't stay right. fit. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say no, not yet. Because uh, we love Kieran. I've got to have a little so bit of faith that eventually we'll be able to get a full season out of him. Uh, yeah. Maybe next season, and maybe you know he gets this surgery, he doesn't play any more games, full uh, full off season because there's no tournaments this off season, and we go again um, next season. And then who knows? Maybe Scotland miss out on the World Cup, and then he has a bit of time to rest there and as well. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, it's the ideal case is Kieran Tierney gets fit, but. It is it does seem to be becoming a... It's kind of like Everton in the right-back situation. Yeah. Although Coleman's been very good this season. Yeah, I think we can we can go out and look to buy a new right-back there. Like, he's at the end of his, end of his thing. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's a bit more upsetting, I suppose, with Kieran Tierney because he should so, be in his prime. 24 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, plenty to come over the next week or so obviously like we said next week we'll have a guest uh, to talk about all things uh, Colombian superstars and Colombian football uh, and uh, we eagerly await the City Liverpool game this Sunday and the Everton United game this Saturday and the Burnley game and the Burnley tomorrow game morning. tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> this episode probably would have uh, been the, that game probably would have been completed by the time this episode goes live but alas, we get you. We get our predictions anyway. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, as always, um, that'll be it for today. Uh, so as always, uh, follow us on Spotify, the Forty Yard Switch, and follow us on Instagram, uh, the Forty no, Yard Switch Pod. Yeah, got it. Remembered it. 
Uh, um, and uh, we'll see you next week.